Ladies and gentlemen, Jose Gomez and Fabio Lopez, welcome to Worldy. Or, or, or it was. Or it was a few days ago. Yeah. Welcome back, Andy. Back Hello. to the pod. Uh, season's greetings. Um, Merry Christmas uh, and Happy New Year. Feliz Navidad. Uh, all of that. Joye <laughs> Noel. My microphone just all by itself. It just grew yeah. a life of its own. He obviously doesn't like Christmas. I know. <laughs> well, not happy about You're going to have to lean forward now for the I rest know, of this I, podcast. I'm going to have to hunch down. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's been an excellent uh, little break there. And I'm, I'm afraid for our listeners, it's been a bit of a break from the pod as well but we are now back we are back and we have lots to talk about particularly reading because yeah shit some stuff's happened it has all been going on so when we last spoke we were talking about the potential uh new manager coming on and i'd done loads of research into one portuguese fella yep wasn't him no it wasn't him different portuguese but with at least you know at least you got the country that is of origin that is um, right sort of vaguely ready (laughs) there seems to have been uh some kind of uh Problem between some board members at Reading about what kind of manager we want for this right. role. And this is why you had the two sides. You had one side that was talking about Phil Parkinson and Gareth Ainsworth and all these types of people. Gareth and then on the other side, you had uh, people talking about these uh, a bunch of foreign managers that we hadn't heard of. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm much happier that it's some random dude because otherwise we're just back on the same gravy train that we're on before. So at least this could be... Terrible. It could yeah. be good. Who knows? Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a bit like of a finger in the air job. Yeah, and to be honest with you, people like I mean Gareth Ainsworth. I mean he's you know he's 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 done reasonably well, slowly progressing. Wickham. Mm-hmm. He's an arsehole. Yeah. Um. But but you know he's he's not tested in the championship. He's not tested any kind of like you know digging a a side out of. The Maya. I, I mean, I thought you could just go and dig in a hole. Yeah, he can't he can, do that. Can't Climbing hole. trees. Yeah. He can't do any of those things. I bet he can climb trees. I bet he can. Yeah, because he's, um, he's a twat. <laughs> what, what have you got against? What have you got against? Oh Gareth no, he's just he's just he's just very gobby. He's because oh, he, okay. he he was like as a player, he was one of those kind of like aggressive, in your face, foully kind of angry players. Yes. Um, yeah. And then he became player manager at Wickham, and then the manager, the and 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 it, he just increased that level of twattiness when he mm. became a manager, um, and you know, fucking Wickham. <laughs> well, exactly, but it wasn't to be him anyway. No, it wasn't. It wasn't to be him. It was to be our new guy, Jose Manuel Gomez. Yes. Um. So in he comes. I was very happy actually because the way it worked. Uh, was we went to the Christmas match. Yep. Uh, special discount on tickets. I brought my nephew along for his first game ah, at the Royals. Nice. He had this little running kit on and everything. It was brilliant. Uh, terrible performance. Absolutely shocking. That's him never going again then. Yeah, it was rubbish. <laughs> uh, so our favourite man, uh, Bakuna, had the worst game of the season. Oh, no. Well, we'll talk about the following know. game, which was then the worst yeah, game okay. of the season. Um, yeah, he had a very poor game. Uh, the team didn't really know what they were doing again. It was a bit of a shambles, to be perfectly honest. But the thing that the thing that I took from that, and it is really frustrating, is that Middlesbrough, sixth in the table, are also shit. Yeah, like, really shit. Yeah, okay. Like easily beatable. If we yeah. if we'd have had anything about us that game, we'd have we'd have won it because they were rubbish. Like really poor. 
And you think, how are they in sixth with nine victories already? How are they? How are they? In, I don't know. I mean, anyway. they might have just been having a bad game. Well, it's Pulis, right? Well, yeah. So it looks yeah. like shit. Yeah, even even on their good days, they yeah. yeah okay. It looks like shit, but they somehow get get results. Yeah. So that was a bit disappointing for the Christmas game, but we had we all had a good time. One of my favourite bits uh, from that game was that we were obviously like there with a young kid. Yeah. And we, we they could tell he was his first game, and there was a guy behind us who was giving giving you know the players a little bit of jip and whatever and the ref and stuff. Yeah. But he wasn't he wasn't swearing. He was just shouting about them. sure. And then at one point, uh, Bakuna just made this really bad choice and he passed it effectively straight out of play. And the guys went, you silly boy! <laughs> Which I thought was great. Do you, do you think he saw, I've got this, a kid in front I of me, I'm, tem- I'm tempering my language. Yeah. Well, good for him for I, doing exactly. that. Exactly, I think him. it was a very nice gesture. <laughs> you silly boy! <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so um, so that was... That was that's, sorry, um, that's just completely... That's reminded me of um, the fellow who got uh, kicked in the face by Eric Cantona, the Crystal Palace yes, fan. Yes, yes. Um, because obviously he said something about um, Cantona, said something to him when he was walking off. him to that That level. upset him that he kicked... And he said... Didn't he come afterwards when he got interview, interviewed afterwards? No, it, he was said, in, it was in court. Oh, that's right, in when court. When they actually he, asked him, he said, well, I said, off, off, Cantona, have an early shower. Yeah, yeah off for an early bath. <laughs> that is yes, definitely right, what he yeah. said. <laughs> off, off, Cantona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, although if you actually said what you really said in court, it would be quite embarrassing, yes. wouldn't it? Yeah. I think it'd be hard to uh, hard to do. But anyway, so he was, yeah, so I was quite happy with that. And uh, and yeah, he enjoyed his first game, even though we, we didn't win. But he did, we were one nil down and it was like 10 minutes to go or something. And he just turned around to me and he was like, Uncle Si, I was like, yeah, he's like, we're going to lose. I was like, you, you, oh no. You, you're already in the game, mate. <laughs> yeah. You know exactly how this is going to go. <laughs> you should, could have said that issue the moment you walked into the ground, my son. Yeah. He said, no, I'd like to come back, though, even though we lost. Oh, and I was like, that him. is the right attitude. Because you're going to need that attitude yeah, yeah. going forward. Uh, yeah, so that was the Christmas game. But we had a bit of a laugh. We all wore Santa hats. We had a wave at Kingsley. It was all, all good fun was had. Lovely stuff. Um, but prior to that, yeah, uh, John and I uh, went to the away game at Rotherham. Yes. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, Reading good performance, couldn't get a win. Terrific ground as well. It's not bad, is it? It's, it's pretty ground. cool. It's pretty cool. I, I think the thing that... Well, a lot of modern grounds are very similar. Um, the thing that distinguishes uh, the New York Stadium is that it's, it's it's done on a bit of a slope. Yep. So you get a bit of an angle view, which yep. is quite good. And you can see how it could grow over time. But the main thing they've done is give it a proper frontage. Yeah. That's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not that different from the Medeski, but we don't have really a, a focal point, no. you know? And I think if we added something like that, but actually, like, where you come up the road, they could do something really yeah. cool. So you walk in, you see the big stadium, you have the logo up there, it's all yeah. really cool. And that, that's that's one of the good things about the Kassam Stadium, the big yeah. glass kind of the um the, the quadrangle bit at the front mm. there. That it, it at least has some kind of distinctive element to it. Exactly. Is, yeah. And I think I think um I think clubs could learn a little bit from that. I, I honestly I think what Rotherham have done with that stadium is exactly what you want to do because they, they haven't overstretched their ambitions. It's no, a small right. tight stadium. If ever they wanted to build up on the stands, they probably could. But yeah. what they've done is they it's completely enclosed 
load quite you're all clo- very close up to the to the pitch quite a steep kind of raking yeah. to yeah. and everything about it is just really enclosed it feels like a tight knit little stadium yeah, it's i nice. like it yeah we had we had a good time the quiet crowd uh, at home it, it's always interesting when you go as an away fan you realize how quiet home fans are in general mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, so it's quite nice to be on the other side of that because obviously reading is quite a quiet ground when you're at home but when you're away the, even though it's a fairly small group of fans you know it was a decent noise they were generating yeah, it's, it's the same, isn't it? Because you, you have everybody all together and everybody's yeah. a little bit more excitable when you're on the road as well. But all of the singing people are naturally end up together. Yeah, exactly. Whereas at your home stadium, they end up getting spread out, particularly at Reading's Round because it's a big, yeah. big ground. It's just, just spread out all over the shop. And that just... is the problem because like we, we have more fans, than way more fans than we're there at Rotherham, mm-hmm. but the atmosphere is better just because of the size. But when yeah. you've got 24,000 seats and you only feel half of them, yeah, it just feels empty, you know? So I learned a little bit about uh, about the away experience at New York Stadium. It's good. One thing that they do, which is really cool, is mm-hmm. in the concourse, in the away fan concourse, they put uh, a little few sheets of stats between the two clubs. Oh, so you can good. see like history between oh, the clubs, good. what the last games were and all that kind of thing, which is quite nice. Uh, and a little thank you note says, thank you for making the, you know, 635 mile round trip. Yes. Or whatever. I like that. Uh, they had that. They had that at Pompey as well. Nice. Um, there's, yeah, there's this kind of like big graphic on the side as you're walking up the steps into the back of their like shackety old stand thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this big thing is saying how many miles that the, the mm. Oxford fans have done and like, and, and you know, and, and all of that kind of stuff, oh, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, yeah it is nice. I, like nice touch. I think anytime you're a club that's like at one end or the other of the country, yeah. you probably appreciate getting away fans coming at all. <laughs> the, the Carlisle, away, you can imagine. I mean, the home fan experience at Oxford is dog shit, but I imagine the away fan experience is even worse because I mean you get the the, the crappy little ticket offices one window basically by mm. the away thing, and you're at the open end of the ground, and the and the 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 ticket office is like it's graffiti strewn, it's it's really it's knackered and shit and yeah, all, and the experience for an away fan I think it just must be absolutely shoddy as hell yeah well i mean you don't want to make it too welcoming to them at the no exactly at the same time you want you want an atmospheric grounds Mm. and so you want away fans to come back exactly well the mill we we were away at millwall uh, which was the game yesterday which we'll talk about in a second yeah okay Uh, and some of the reading uh, fans were tweeting that they pull out the fucking hot taps in the bathroom and stuff and i was like yeah what a bunch of yeah i mean i just think mill we were we were in the upper tier behind the goal at Millwall. Um, it's a weird old ground Millwall anyway, because yes, it's yeah. in a bit of a kind of a strange location. Um, and the away fans, you kind of have to... Well, we actually walked in around the back end by the railway line, so it was okay, all a bit yeah, weird. Yeah. But um, but I've, I've been, to be fair though, I have been to worse grounds than yeah, Millwall. Yeah, I really have. I'm sure. Well, I, I think we might be taking a visit to QPR on Saturday. So okay. Loftus Road, I mean, it is shit, let's be fair. It's really old, but it is, it's a fun ground to go yeah. to. Um, yeah. I went there in the homestands earlier in this season, and I mean, my God, it is like going back in time fifty years. Yeah, I do you know I've not actually, I've not been to, I've been to QPR like maybe once in the early mid nineties, I okay. think. But, but yeah, I've just... incredibly tight, yeah. like concourse, really tight, very steep, very enclosed, terrible view from everywhere. Yeah, because you you get a letterbox view, you yeah. know, like that classic yeah. letterbox view. Which I really dislike because yeah, yeah. you just don't have a feeling for where you're not you in are. The ground. You're, you're just, not in the ground yeah, at all. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird. Anyway, uh, yes. So we uh, had a series of, of frustrating results recently. We got one all draw at Rotherham. We were really good in that game. Chatting with some Rotherham fans on the way out, and they were like, "You guys don't have to worry about relegation. You'll be all right. We've seen way worse teams than you come up here already." Yeah. So that was good. They're a good side as well. If they could score, they'd be fine. Yeah, but they just cannot score. I mean, they had so many chances. 
Um, but that's a game we should have won and we bottled it in the last few minutes. So mm-hmm. it ended up being 1-1, but at least we got a point to take away. Um, and then the Middlesbrough Christmas game, which was shocking. We lost, I think, 2-0 in the end. I can't remember. It was, it was <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. anyway. Uh, was it 1-0? Or t- it was 1-0, but it was fucking terrible. Um, and that was the sign that the players' new change was coming, mm-hmm. but nothing had been done yet. It was a bit of a, it was a really low match, you know. Um, and especially poor turnout, I thought, from the crowd for the Christmas game. You know? yeah, it was a yeah. bit rubbish. It was the same old, like, 13,000. It's not enough. Um, and, uh, and then we came to the Millwall Boxing Day game. Thankfully, I did not go to this one. Uh, but Jose Manuel Gomez, new manager, in he comes. And after the Middlesbrough game, this was a point I was making 10 minutes ago. <laughs> after, the, <laughs> after the final whistle of the Middlesbrough game, the club, who are starting to get their PR sorted, actually. Mm-hmm. They're starting to get it going now. Uh, released a couple of videos on YouTube straight after properly produced stuff yeah. with a manager interview um, and some clips of players and bits and bobs. So I was like, awesome. They've, this is exactly what people wanted to see, especially yeah. after a poor performance going into Christmas. And the first thing was, up comes this guy. He's very handsome. Oh, good. First I like all. a handsome manager. He's a very good-looking yeah, man. Good lad. Yeah, in a sharp jacket, yeah. like, looking really good. Uh, spoke excellent English. So okay. first off, I was like, good, because some of the managers that we were interviewing weren't able to speak English, yeah. and I thought that's going to take time again. Yeah. This guy speaks fantastic English straight away, uh, which is really good. Um, and he spoke about the discussions that he'd had with the owners and how the ambition of the owners was high. And this is kind of the message that's been creeping through, but the club has been either reluctant or not able to speak about. But as I've often said, these these guys have a lot of money. Yeah. And it's whether the club, as an organisation, is able to tease the money out of them. Yeah. But it seems that that has started to flow because they have spent an enormous amount of money on this guy. Like, the, supposedly, the package for him and his coaching staff is something like 11 million euros. That's a lot of money. Which is a lot. You Now, it worries me in one sense because it's a lot of money to spend. But on the other hand, if they're willing to spend that on the management, it really shows that someone at the club has money and is willing to spend it. It, it does. The the, the 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 overriding concern though is that they spend all of that money at the manager and they go, right, well that's your that's your cash investment. Um now well, what what were you doing? You don't actually then get any investment in the playing staff. Well rumors go that yep. part of the deal that secured that secured this guy uh is that the the Dye family promised a hundred million euros to spend on playing staff over the next year. Jesus. Now that is the kind of investment that got you know, Wolves and Leeds and yeah, yeah. those guys to where they are. So if that is truly the goal of the owners, and supposedly they have the money in their back pocket, it, it brings me round to, to the same feeling that maybe the problem we've had for the last couple of years is that Ron Gourlay, the chairman, who is a known twat, was unwilling or unable to to put together business plans to get money from the owners. And if he's sitting there on his, you know, 300 grand a year or whatever salary, maybe he just didn't care enough and was just letting the club carry on as it was. And that's why we had these shitty players coming in and bang average, um, bang average performances and bang average players and bang average manager yeah. for so long. Po- yeah, quite possibly. Um, I really hope so. I well, mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really hope so because... There's, there's been everyone's talking about oh you know there's something wrong with the club and I hate all this bullshit like the club has lost its culture and stuff no all that's happening is we're not winning football games yeah, yeah. at the end of the day yeah. that's all that's happening if we were winning understand everyone was fucking loving it like yeah. when we nearly got to the Premier League two years ago 
everyone's loving it and Stan's brilliant and, yeah. and, and now you know it's toxic and it's rotten and the whole thing's fallen apart that's not the case and, and that is that is so much of everything because um, when in, in Oxford's promotion season um, we had a very kind of effervescent um, support liaison officer um, who was like turbocharged on social media well actually not on social on Twitter primarily yeah. um, and um, and and everyone's saying like God, the club's so good at it, 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 like fan engagement and stuff. And actually, what they were doing, what the club was good at, is Twitter, and that's basically. Yeah. And, yeah, and to yeah. me, and this is not me trying to trying to down belittle down yeah, belittle yeah. belittle or downplay her, her role um, or in anything, but but because we were doing so well, plus there was all this cheerful kind of interaction and supporter interaction, it, it, it had this huge kind of like feel good thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm saying at the time, all that's all well and good. Um, you transpose that kind of like turbocharged, ultra happy, ultra ah! um, social <laughs> yeah. media stuff onto a shit season when the team are doing really badly, bad, and, it? And, 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 and and it wouldn't go down quite so well. And no. and so it was. So don't get me wrong, it worked really well. It got a really good atmosphere going in a in a, in a really positive season. Um, but it's easy to do nice stuff when things are going well. Exactly. Not quite. And then again, I'm not trying yeah. to make out that it's an easy job, but. But turning it around when the, the team's doing shit is, exactly. is, is, is even more difficult. And it's easy to shy away, isn't it? It's yeah. easy to keep the players away from the press and all that kind of stuff. Um, but all in all, although the results aren't showing it, uh, things it feels like we're starting something new and something interesting is about to happen. So we go in with a lot of excitement into Jose Gomez's first game uh, as manager away at Millwall on Boxing Day. Uh, and I think seven minutes in, and this this was only on the radio, so it wasn't yeah. on the TV, which is disappointing. Uh, boop, 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 up comes the alert, red card, Tyler Blackett sent <laughs> off seven minutes. Oh dear. Uh, instantly followed by goal, uh, or the other way around. Anyway, within 10 minutes, we were 1-0 down and down to 10 men. Yeah. Um, that, is, that is a, I think that's what they call a baptism of fire. I mean... Especially at Millwall. I bet he was thinking, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Jesus. He could have gone to like a nice little modern stadium or something and had a nice quiet time of it, but no. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So that was was a hell of a start. However, I was expecting, you know, the goals to to drop in there one after the other. But Millwall are also fucking terrible. Yeah, Yeah, that's a Um, bonus. So they failed to score another goal throughout the whole of the 90 minutes. Reading couldn't score. We hit the bar. We had a couple of good chances in there, uh, but we couldn't get couldn't get the goal. And so we ended up losing that 1-0 away to Mill, which is a terrible, terrible result. And then in the 80-somethingth minute, Bakuna gets himself sent off as well. So we played the last 10 with nine men. So what was it? Is it a, was it a straight red? Was it a second yellow? Uh, the Bakuna one was, uh, I think... Um, uh, dissension or something right, okay. bullshit. Okay. Tyler Blackett's was a bad challenge, which supposedly right. was justified. So there was no complaints about the refereeing of the game, to be honest. I think it was just really, really lax performance. But this brought out all of this vitriol again from a lot of these. And I sent yeah, you a tweet from yeah. one asshole. Some absolute knobhead. That was, you know, you know, fuck all these players. It's toxic. It's toxic. The club's toxic. None of these guys, they're not playing for anything. They don't have any passion. They don't care about the club. I really think all of that is bullshit. Well, of course it is, yeah. You know, a lot a lot of these players have been around for ages, and of course they care about the club, but they get driven down by all of this down bullshit yep. as well. And 
I think, especially somebody like Tyler Beckett, who's performed really well this season, you can't jump on his back. He's one of the players that actually benefits yeah. from Clement's management, I think, and has come up. Bakuna, I think, has been a fantastic performer yeah, yeah. for us all season. So I think it's a freak, to be honest. I think it's a freak situation. It's just unfortunate it happened in the new manager's first game within the first few minutes, because what could he do? Yeah, and and you know, and, and, and a club and a change of direction in a club is not dictated by the, the by the first game. You know, Quite, and, and yeah. any manager you give him a season, right? You don't you don't just yeah. give him a, a game. And and yeah, I mean I understand why people get frustrated, but you know, like measure your 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 fury a little bit when yes. when when new stuff is settling in yeah exactly so i think uh we'll see we got qpr for another hard game qpr playing well at the minute uh qpr away uh on saturday which we may go to and then we've got swansea uh, i mean it's it's ridiculous really yeah. the games you have to play in the championship but there you go and it's hard to watch when you see <coughs> uh, norwich and leeds with all of these fantastic players knocking goals in for fun yeah and having a grand old time it's uh, you know i th- I think i'm I'm at least encouraged that there is signs that something is happening because we could have easily just gone through the season with nothing changing yeah well and, and that was that was a risk because you it is the stagnation yeah. um change is never it's, it's change is not always good yeah. um i think i think reading definitely needed a change but you get to a, a position where um where you're just trying to latch onto any change as being a good thing, and change sometimes works out for the worse. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, and, yeah. and um, but you know, the, uh, the the biggest the biggest concern I think I would have for Reading with this this guy is is him taking time to adapt into the the good thing is is he's got a good few games to look at the squad to see what he's got, um, so that when he comes to January which admittedly is only a couple of days away yeah, now. Exactly, yeah, exactly. But at least he's had a chance to have a look at it and we'll have had a chance a couple of weeks in, into January just to to have a look around, see what he feels like he needs to change yes. and stuff. So he's got time and space and, and perhaps a little bit of money to then actually improve things for the second half of the season. Yeah, exactly. So I was, I was looking man for man at the team. Everyone's blaming all the players and all the players are terrible. But man for man, they're not bad. Like There's a collection of actually quite talented players in there. Yep. It's whether... I, I think we definitely need to add a few little bits and pieces to it and we need to get rid of some of the non-performers yeah and hopefully getting a new manager will get rid of that i mean i still cannot believe that we spent five million pounds on sonia luco yeah five million our record signing yeah. and the guy can't get in the team he can barely get in the, in the 18 and when he does come on <laughs> i mean he really looks bad is not there, just uh, ineffective but bad is there a lot of pressure on him do you think to perform with that kind of price you come into any club and be in the record signing there's going to be some pressure on on the I guess I, I guess so it just seems like he doesn't seem I know it's hard to say from the outside but he doesn't seem to have a lot of character no you know he's he's obviously got a lot of uh, technique and skill but he doesn't seem like he has a huge amount of character and when yeah. you have when you have a player like like Yakumati plays in a similar position if we're playing them with the wide yeah. forwards you look at him and all he has is his character and yeah. passion yeah. you know um, and so I, I can see that any manager looking at that is thinking, well, it's a luxury if I can play a Luco. And and quite often, if you you know, you, when you when a team is struggling, you often need personalities to 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 make a difference yeah. to a club. Whether that's actually on the pitch or on the bench or just in the dressing room, or whatever you need characters. And sometimes, sometimes in situations like that, 
good quality but bland human beings <laughs> yes. yeah, often yeah. actually just sort of fade into the background a little bit and, and, and aren't able to stamp their own authority yes. in, on, in, yeah. into an opportunity because you're looking the manager's looking around for the people who can try and turn exactly yeah and you, when we when we watch the um uh who did we see at reading with george bald up playing there on the right uh on the Sheffield right united. Sheffield united yeah yeah, yeah. when you saw when you saw him mm. All action, you know, all yeah, action, yeah. all the time, talking, shouting, getting yeah. involved, like, like getting up into the pitch, and sometimes getting himself out of position, but playing with a lot of energy, you know, passion. You think, well, that's how he gets on the team sheet every week. Yeah, just look, you know, look, just look at the effort. Yeah, and and it, it takes care of itself. And I think we just need a bit of a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's it's. You you need leaders, don't you? And it's just such yeah. a horrible old cliche that I've just wheeled out there. But you do. But you really you need, do. You need people who are going to go out there, and also somebody who, if you particularly got a new manager, now's the time for players to put their hands up in the air and actually stand up and be counted yes. because yeah, yeah. because you want to be the person that the manager turns to. Yeah. Um, but I guess in that, quite often that that leads to additional pressure, which may have may have shown on the Boxing well, Day it. game I mean, because Blackett and Bakuna haven't done themselves any great favors. No, on their and, first game, and they're you. Know, they're probably sat there thinking like I need I need to step up and show, step up to the plate here. This is my opportunity to really yeah, to make yeah. make make an impact on 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 the manager and actually get myself yeah maybe that's it. or maybe forward. Jose Gomez is just a really rough bastard yeah yeah and that's how he wants them. he wants to keep saying yeah. go out there kick their fucking, fucking murder them <laughs> that is possible right there's one more there's one more reading thing but it's kind yeah. of like a it's kind of like a general topic that I wanted to have a chat yeah about. yeah um, so one of the one of the big criticisms directed at a specific player over this uh, difficult period for Reading has been uh, pushed at David Myler's doorstep. Right. Now, he's a guy, where did he come from? Barnsley? Burnley? Somewhere. Somewhere with a B. Um, and uh, he was kind of midfield general there yeah. and, and did a lot of good work for that for that team, which I can't remember what it is. Um, but when he joined the club, I thought, great, a kind of big, bustling midfield player that's going to get in there dictate some of the play and be a bit of a fulcrum at yeah. the back, you know, in front of the defence. And he came in and he played a couple of games, looked a bit slow and a bit leggy, um, and then just can't get picked. Just cannot get picked no matter what. Hardly gets in the 18. Yeah. And this is a brand new signing, you know, so it's a real shame. He shaved his beard off. You know, that was the problem. Yeah. Well, they did all the marketing pictures idiot. of him with his reading kit on and the beard, shaved yeah. it off straight away. Yeah, that's no good. No, no, no. Uh, it's the beard that's feared, isn't it? That's yeah. how it works. And that's what, it's obviously where all his power stems <laughs> exactly from. Like Samson. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, he was having a bad time on the pitch. But what I didn't realise until he came to the club is that he has an extremely successful business in the world of FIFA YouTubing. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'd heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. So he is pretty big. He's mm -hmm. a big streamer uh, and he's a big FIFA Ultimate Team guy. Now, yeah. as you know, there is quite a, a strong FIFA Ultimate Team subculture of people that invest quite a lot of money and invest a lot of time in uh, playing this game, which effectively is a football game, like the actual playing of the game is FIFA, but the meta on top of it is this card trading game. Yep. And so based on what you do in the game or based on if you spend money, you can get packs, you can open the packs, you can get better players yeah. and you build your team yeah. up. Now, it's quite addictive. And it is designed specifically to be addictive. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Uh, so what ends up happening is that there's a core group of people that are obsessed with what you can open up. And there's all this weird terminology that goes along with it. So when you get a player, you pack him. 
I'm going to pack this player. Right, okay. Uh, and then there's all different types of quality of player. So when just, there's this little animation when you open a pack. And if it's a really good player, like, you know, top Messi or Ronaldo or whatever, yeah. they do a walkout and the animation of the player actually walks out and like celebrates, <laughs> right? So you get a walkout if that's a player. Or if it's an international player or something, you get boards, the boards appear. Right. So all these terms, right? And when I, when I learned all this from watching some David Miley YouTube, and so he's there and he takes his Xbox or PlayStation with him, with him when he goes away on international duty, when he's on the mm-hmm. road or whatever. But he posts all the time. Like, yeah. almost every day he's posting. Mm-hmm. Now, this pissed off a lot of running fans because the guy's not in the team. They don't think he gives a shit. And then he's doing all this FIFA stuff totally unrelated to Reading, not yeah. talking about any of his Reading stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think people got the goat because they were like, oh, well, he's having a fucking great time, isn't he, doing his YouTube thing right. when he should be working hard and, you know, training for the club. And I'm like, dude can do whatever the fuck he wants, you know, in his, in his free time. But anyway... So I did watch some of his videos, right. and they are quite entertaining, but in a really weird way. Yeah. So I call it David Myler's sad YouTube because it's just him like opening packs, and they're always terrible. <laughs> so right, guys, I'm going to open up this pack. Here we go. We're going to open them up. Let's see if we can pack. I want to get Jaden Sancho. I want to get... He does all this stuff. That was a bit. That was a bit scouse, wasn't it? Rather than Irish. Well, it's, there's, there's a crossover there. Okay, it's fine. Ah, I want to open up Gaden Sancho in my pack. No, that's right. just racist. That is a bit, isn't it? It's a bit much. A bit too much. Uh, open it up, and I go. Oh, we got a walkout. We got a walkout coming, and everyone gets really excited. And he's like, oh. No, it's Leroy Zane. <laughs> He'll be really disappointed. And these are the videos, and they go on for hours of him like Jesus. opening packs and stuff. So anyway, I was I introduced. YouTube. No, meaning that I was interested. I was introduced to the weird and wacky world of David Miner's YouTube. But the reason I bring it up at the end of that story is that the fans take it as a personal affront that he has this additional hobby, yeah. basically. And that the fact that he has that hobby, and he's not like crying tears, you know, every time he's on the channel, that he he hates the club, he doesn't give a shit. All he cares about is his YouTube, and he does have like 300,000 subscribers or something, which Bloody is hell. mental. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that was that. I just wanted to know what your opinion was, because well, for me, First of all, it is weird that the, that a player ha- is a famous YouTuber. Yeah, I think yeah, it is, yeah. It? It, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange coincidence. Yeah, else. yeah. But but also, why not? He's got a lot of free time. Well, and this is well, this is the thing that the thing that gets me with this is is that like, footballers, it's the it's the irrational expectation of the football supporter that somehow a footballer every single waking moment has to be de- dedicated somehow to yeah. the football club. Um, if football supporters don't seem to understand that, that footballers have a lot of free time because they, 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 they don't train for eight and a half hours a day, sure. right? They don't, they aren't in training every single moment that you or I are at work. Yeah. That's not how it works. Um, they do lots of like, they do lots of community stuff. They do the charity stuff. Um, but actually, they have a lot of free time. Yeah, a lot of them um, have completely separate businesses. Yeah, they, they do. And 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 so they have a lot of downtime. So for somebody like 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 Myla, who whose hobbies, so lots of them will spend their free time playing Fortnite. Lots of it will just be going off and spending money. A fucking lot of them will just go go off and gamble, right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of them yeah. in like CD fairly probably semi legal, if not completely <laughs> illegal, like gambling card schools and all kinds yeah, of things, yeah, yeah. Uh, mixing with all kinds of dodgy people. Um, whereas, whereas what he's doing, his is 
it's a bit weird. I'm never going to understand it or get anything out of it, but it is also actually quite a a big thing. But the unfortunate thing for him is what he does in his free time is massively visible. And as a result, it looks like he's not doing anything related to the football. But I mean, he's probably, even if he's doing an hour a day, right? even if he's posting a one-hour video every single day of the week, right? that is still... Not very much of his time. Well, quite. You know, he's still doing his six hours, four hours of training a day or whatever, isn't he? Even if he was doing an eight-hour day uh, of training and like dedicating everything to Reading FC, he he could still go off and record two hours of thing in the evening and post it up on YouTube, and it and it's but it would still look to supporters like he's like twatting around and not. But what the fuck is he meant to do in his free time? And I actually, in a way. You know, why not connect, like, become part of this community? Yeah, yeah, if you exactly. give a shit, why not actually, you know, join in? And and, and, and also, he, he, he really is, he really shouldn't be talking about Reading on that kind of thing. He should be keeping that Quite. separate because he... The, the the club and the local media have their outlets whereby they will turn around and say right this is where you, this is your opportunity to talk about yeah. reading fc and talk you know you have your media training you do all this stuff talk about reading under those situations he's almost almost certainly been forbidden yeah. <laughs> from talking yeah. about reading whilst on 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 that kind of platform um because it would because you can't just allow a player free reign to broadcast for hours and hours and hours well, and exactly. about say the anything, football club. Right? Exactly. I'll just give um, you a little taste here. we got a bit of David Minor. I mean, this is basically it. It's just him in his room. <laughs> He's going to try and pack something. <laughs> like so many, like so many things like this, right? It's so esoteric. Yeah. Like, once you really get into it, I just want to show you a pack opening, Andy, because this okay. is what it's all about. So, he, so he's going he's gonna to open a pack here. <laughs> what it's, language is that he's speaking? Yeah, it's, 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 it's FIFA. Right. He's speaking the language of FIFA. So, he's gonna, here we go. He's going he's gonna to open up a pack here. Right, okay. He's so excited. A sparkly little thing comes yep. down from the top of the screen. Oh, okay. And he tries to guess the player as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 83 rated. It's nice. I always like to start things off on his floor. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you now? He always starts off slow because he, because he never gets anyone good. Bless him. Uh, and yeah, this is, this, is, this, is, this is how he rolls. I just... <laughs> No, Pedro. Pedro. Oh, there we go. Yeah, and that 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 is what's upset the Reading fans so much. It's I don't understand what they expect him to do of an evening. <laughs> Me neither. Like, it's what's just, wrong with that? Like, it's harmless enough. I know. Isn't it? Like, and, and his evenings off, or his afternoons off, or how, whenever he's doing, do they think they expect him to be out there doing press ups? Yeah, like all yeah, of the time, or or you know, like like looking at a picture of the Medeski Stadium, and yeah, misty eyed dreaming. and dreaming of, yeah. of of all of the like football supporters <laughs> are just irrational idiots. That's, they are. The, well, I, the the problem there as well is that you've got because and we're both into football and we're both into video games. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but I, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. Like, generally speaking, football supporters are knobheads, and generally speaking, people who play video games are knobheads. Um, so, so actually, you've thrown those two worlds together that there with feeds, which makes it even weirder. To that be is perfect. true, isn't it? So there you go. So that's my little story about about David Myler's sad YouTube. Oh, poor, poor David Myler. I know. Well, no, no, no. You say he's, that. Doing he's doing all right. He's got three hundred thousand subscribers. He's probably earning a reasonable amount of money out. One of, of that. those videos had eight hundred and seventy-seven thousand views. What? The, what do people? Why do people watch this shit? He packed Pele. That's why you want to watch it. Yeah, you're watching someone else open a monetized fucking microtransaction like, you know, in like, a game. So my, yeah. my girlfriend's kids have done this, and I've heard this from other 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 parents as well, where they they they'll get a video game for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and then. Rather than going or oh, their birthday or whatever, rather than going off and playing that game, they'll jump onto YouTube and then just watch somebody else play the game. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't make any yeah. sense. I don't understand happen. it. Well, well, well. There you have it. Right, right. That's all my reading shit. Yep, out of the way. Shall we have a little cheeky, a little cheeky festive break? Let's do that. Uh, have a little bit of mince pie and a sherry. Exactly, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the end of Carl's fantastic home run. Uh, we'll see you in just a sec. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Yes. I've been waiting to get that one on here for ages. <laughs> uh, that is a tremendous... Uh, hold on one second, hold on. Yeah. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. I love Gattuso. He's an abs- he was a legend as a player and now a legend as a manager yeah. as well. What a guy. He's really angry. I know. I love it. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Oxford fans were a little bit angry on Boxing Day because the um, their fantastic, can I say fantastic? Their decent home form came to an end. I mean, I, I would say, I, I would say, I think, I don't think fantastic is a terrible, um, terribly overstated thing. Good. What well, no, it is, it is. No, it, was, a, it was decent. Wasn't it, it was. It was very good. Very, yeah. very good. If nothing else, yeah. because I mean, that, and, and it is a record break. Well, not record breaking wrong run because that's not. I hate when people use misuse the phrase <laughs> record breaking. It wasn't a record broken, um, yeah. but it was it was the longest home win of home wins run of home wins Jesus in the league since <laughs> we were in the. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the longest stat I've ever heard, and I haven't even got close to explaining <laughs> what it is yet. Basically, we haven't won that many league games at home in a row since we were in the okay, conference. Okay, there we go. It's a very, very, very long time since we've won that what many was that, in six? the football league. I think five or six in a row it wins was pretty in a row, good. which is which is good. In, in consi- oh, I mean, since we've been at the Kassam Stadium, we have been shit at home. I mean, yeah. they're just you know, apart from the, I think it was a season, the first season in the conference under Jim Smith, when we went a third of the season unbeaten, um, was basically when we last won that many in a row at okay. home. So um, yes, we do not win home games. So that that's been that's been. Really good and genuinely pleasing. Yes. Um, and then along came Southend. I saw a tweet that someone said, uh, three things are always guaranteed in life, death, taxes, and Oxford losing at home to Southend. Yeah, Although, and losing away to Southend <laughs> as well. Well, the thing is, and, and the interesting thing is actually, is that our right near the start of the kind of the epic now i think 15 it was 15 games with only one defeat basically yeah, in all yeah. competitions it, right near the start of that run um we played south end away and i remember saying well we've got some results now south end away is the big test and we yeah. went and got a really big draw a really good draw there um 
which which we were looking at. Actually, do you know what this is? This is this is this is a yeah, good sign. Yeah, this is better than before. And, yeah. and when we when I was talking about the fact that one of the one of the thing one of the caveats I, we were adding to the to the good run Oxford was the fact that we were only playing shit teams. Sure, Southend were up there as an example of uh, of a tough, difficult tie that we had that we got a positive result out of. Yeah. So. Um, Normal order has been resumed um, because we've lost to Southend. So obviously the first team that we've now played twice because we're yeah. now over halfway through the season. Sure. Um, and so our first test in terms of like the overall season is Southend. We've got one point out of Southend, one point out of six, yeah. um, which not a huge surprise to be perfectly honest with you. But in terms of establishing yeah. where we are in the season as as, as a team, it, it's not a great it's not a great. It doesn't bode massively well. No. Um, but um, but they're an okay side. They're a de- yeah, decent sure. enough side. So I mean, it was. It, I'm not enormously surprised. Um, but in terms of the context of the wider the wider position, Oxford are in now. I didn't. Uh, I didn't go to the Boxing Day game. I did family things instead. I'm not. I'm not actually. People make a big deal of the Boxing Day thing. It's not actually a big deal for me to be <coughs> honest with you. It never has been growing up. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather do stuff with my family. Yeah, it's fair enough. I go. I go to. I go to football football games Most at Sam Stadium yeah. every other week for yeah. three quarters of the year. Yeah. So actually, there's nothing special about doing it on Boxing Day. No, it's sure. just what I do all year round. So actually, I'd rather do stuff and see my family yeah, and get pissed. Enough. To be yeah, honest with you. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so so I didn't go. Good job. Apparently, we were dog shit. <laughs> Apparently, we were absolutely awful. Interestingly, uh, Carl Robinson in his post match is going to bring the, the quote up. Is it is, another classic? Carl? It, it, it is actually because what he said is, um, is, is he's talking about we, we talked about he's. He's mentioned the the injuries and the the restrictions we have on the squad and the the limited options we have on the bench previously. Yeah. When things were going well, he kept citing that, probably priming it so he can use it as an excuse later on. I was saying actually yeah. no, talk about the consistency of starting lineup because in Southend on Boxing Day we had the same starting lineup for the seventh game in a row, seventh yeah, league game thing. in a row, I think, yeah. um, which is which is excellent. But he made a big point about how it was enforced. Yes, I remember. Yeah, but yeah. but enforced or not, consistency is massive. Yeah, and and then actually, our form being relatively solid has also coincided with the fact that we've had a slightly more settled first eleven. Whether that's an enforced, settled side or not is irrelevant. Yeah, that I, I don't think that's coincidental. Um, but he said, so when our starting eleven doesn't do what we ask it to do, we're almost <laughs> stunted in the changes we can make offensively. Um, so straight away he's saying. I'm asking it to do things. My team's not doing as I'm asking. So straight away, <sighs> the blame is immediately yeah. on the players, yeah. which is which echoes what he was saying at the start of the season. The second things go different, get difficult. He's seeking every single opportunity he can to make it somebody else's fault. Yeah, um, it, later on in the interview, he did say, "Oh, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I should, maybe I should have been bringing Luke Garber on. I didn't want to do that because it was too defensive. So I made an attacking substitution, but maybe I should have made the defensive <laughs> substitution." So even then, by his I'm admitting, oh, maybe I made a mistake. He's trying to, to lay he's out... So, so, he's just so loose with his tongue, that yeah, guy. He um, really is. He's got no... He's got no, like... You know, a lot of managers have a clear plan, and maybe it's really boring what they do, but they yeah. have a clear plan for the press, and Carl just doesn't have it. He <laughs> no, just he sort doesn't. of seems to mouth off whatever comes he into does. his head. It's just, yeah, there's no filter in his head. No. Um, so, anyway, in, and... But the other point I wanted to make about what he was saying there is, is that we were stunted in the changes we can make offensively in terms of our attacking options. And and that is true. We don't have um, attacking options on the bench. Um, so 
this the these are our this is our current injury list because yeah. obviously he makes a big deal about our injury list. This is our current injury list. Um, so Ricky Holmes at the moment continued back problems. Um, they they want to go back to Sheffield United and get this properly assessed, okay. so they can say, look, is this guy going to be injured for the rest of the season? If so, let's if cancel say, that. Line. Yeah, you yeah. you have him back because this is no good to us. Yeah. Um, so so that which will be a shame because uh, he didn't have a he's never had a solid run in the in the side because because of his injuries um but he has but i some people have been a bit down on him but i think he's shown that he's a bit of a step above everybody else billy and he and billy haircut he has the ability to make make things happen in football yeah. games and he would have been ideal to have on the bench um uh, yesterday on boxing day i'm sure um because he's a kind of get kind of guy who can come on and make things happen yes, and turn yeah, games cool. around a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Shandon Baptiste. Now that was definitely a loss losing him. Um, but, and this is the kind of the point I'm going to try, try and weave in here is that in terms of the options we have, the limited options we have injuries aside, this <sighs> is, these are, Carl Robinson's options that and this yeah, is the conversation yeah. we had at the start of the season this is the side that he put together um and so Shandon Baptiste was a bit of a surprise package he was not part of Carl Robinson's plans at the start of the season if he claims he was then he's lying yes because he's yeah. somebody we stumbled I mean we knew he was part of the squad but we weren't expecting him to have the impact he had nobody at the start of the season including Carl Robinson would have seen Shandon Baptiste captaining the side against Manchester sure. City yeah. okay yeah. so he was a surprise so yes we are missing him and it is a shame that we're missing him and it is it is a blow to the side but at the same time Carl Robinson can't turn around and say that's one of my big plans that I'm missing right yeah. Yeah. so um, Samia Carruthers Okay, now that is now he's hopefully being going to be back very soon. Um, that is a, a a shame. He picked up an injury first game of the season, um, and has been out since then. Okay. And 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 that is that is unfortunate. So that is legit. That's yeah, fair enough. That is a tough one. Um, and my phone is I've got my, I've got my notes here. My nice. phone just locked and couldn't open. Rob Hall. Okay, so Rob oh, Hall yeah, yeah. Um, is incredible. I love him so much. But he is a crocked player. He never, ever manages an entire season. Right. Um, so it's to so, be expected. So really. it's to be expected. Um, and John Abika. And again, John Abika, he's out for the rest of the season. And that's a bit of a blow, given that we've got very limited options up front. But at the same time, you need to build a side around John Abika to get the most out of him. And that is not the game we're playing. Sure. So he's not the kind of person yeah. who's going to make things happen off the bench. So in the grand scheme of things, the only thing there that actually... For as far as um, Carl Robinson is concerned, is a player he had planned for, who realistically he could have been expecting yeah. to play a good chunk of the season. Yeah. Samia Carruthers, yeah. who's an attacking midfielder. Um, so I'm looking at that and thinking, well, actually, yes, we are limited in our options, Carl, but but that is of part a good chunk of that is of his doing. So this is our now, but now our big test, right? Has he not been able to reach into the uh, under 23s? To, yes, to pull some players. Out. So now that's very interesting. You say that actually because <laughs> my next notes are um, we have uh, a lad. So Lee Bradbury, former Oxford United striker, he, he was yep. with us for a very short period of time. His son Harvey Bradbury. Really? Bradbury. Um, Shit, this is when you know you're getting old when I all know. the players that you grew up with yeah, their their sons, sons are playing. playing. 
Um, Jesus. So Harvey Bradbury came on. I think it was it came on in the Gillingham game that we won one 0 He came in the second half of that, and he destroyed them. Nice. <laughs> like he, I mean, like he was rough and raggedy and rough around the edges, Short. and like wasn't consistent in holding the football. But he ran the defenders all over the shop, and they hated him. Nice. And he is exactly the kind of player that we want to be bringing off the bench at the moment because yeah. because yeah. the side the way the side is set up um, and it's kind of slightly centered around Jamie Mackey in terms of his rough housing of the defenders. Harvey Bradbury was almost a like for like substitution, and Great. he would be able to come in and do a job that can that allows us to be consistent in the way yeah, we're playing perfect. football. Um, but since then, he's vanished. And right. we, no, nobody actually really knows what's going on, whether he's had an injury or, or what. I mean, with I say young players, he's 20, I think. Okay. He's 20. Yeah. Um, so it, it might just be that they're they're trying to manage him. They're trying to manage his head yeah. um, and just in his performance and his development and stuff like that. Well, you know, and, one thing that I've noticed with the under-23s, because some of our best performers this year have actually come yeah. out of the under twenty three squad, I think the under twenty three league is becoming more and more important to clubs, mm-hmm. and they are less willing to bring players out of that league into the first team, and that's why I think these days you don't see as many teenagers getting their way into the team, because I think the under twenty three has a bit of more value for clubs. possibly. So now, when you do see a player, maybe you've only heard of him a couple of times, he comes up, they're already twenty one. You know, yeah, they're yeah. already 20, yeah, yeah. 21, 22. and I think that's because they they do get a longer session in the under 23s it may be that that's just because it's a more competitive league than it it ever has been interestingly um our under 18s are one game away i think from winning their league um and 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 so if we borrow from the under 23s they tend to borrow from the under 18s sure and and i think it was carl robinson who said this said something along the lines of he he basically intimated in an interview might have been a pre-match interview he basically intimated that he didn't want to disrupt their season yeah um and i and and i I understand the sentiment behind that but also fuck (laughs) that yeah yeah right because the the whole thing the first team is funding is absolutely yeah and yeah. it is fundamental to everything we're doing that is that is that is the whole point of yeah. everything yeah. um now admittedly i understand that you know psychologically in part of their development they want to be part of a winning side that goes on to win the thing and i get all of that so if you can avoid disrupting it fine but at the moment we are absolutely fucking desperate for players and also for attacking players i think if you ask any one of those lads they don't yes. want to play the first team uh, of course they do <laughs> they jump over. um so yeah. so so what what he did do is he played uh, a lad on the bench and he came on for his league debut a lad called armani little who yep. is 21 years old uh, we picked him up uh, from well, we picked him up from Southampton. I think he was a free agent when we picked him up, but okay. he came through the Southampton youth team. Um, so his league debut, he came on um, about seventy odd minutes. But he's a t- I think he's a midfielder, an attacking midfielder. I think um, so. So yes, we do have options in the in in the under twenty three to come yep. through, but we're not currently using them. Um, so, but it's it's difficult to know though because whilst you know you always well we've got options we've got options we've got Fabio Lopez who we we, sure. we heard from right at the very start of the show, um, but he's he's sixteen but he has made his senior debut yes. I mean it was in the the Czech Trade Trophy but um, you know may, maybe if we we are really struggling why not roll the dice a little bit and exactly I, it's a great opportunity it, as well an opportunity but at the same time I also understand the need to try and. Yeah. nurture a little bit um i think one of the really small bonuses of having scott marshall who was our in the 23s 
a coach come in and coach the first team for a couple of weeks in between managers. Yeah. Was that he gave a few of those youngsters their uh, first team debut. So two centre-backs got their first team debut during that. Tom McIntyre, mm-hmm. who looked very assured when we, we saw him uh, play the full 90. I think he played the full 90 or just under up at Rotherham. Very good. And then Gabriel Osho, who played against uh, Middlesbrough and looked really good. Like genuinely mm. excellent. Yeah. And I thought that's really cool because we kind of, we, we had some tough games here that maybe we were going to lose anyway. Let the young lads come in, yep. give it a go, get their confidence up, and, and and maybe give yourself, like you say, an option as the season well, goes on. And I think that I think that's what he was trying, like Robinson was trying to do with Armani Little. But but you know, at the moment we're looking for possibly more attacking outlets that, that, we're, that yes. we're looking for. Yeah. So um, a uh, quick note. Actually, before before I just for, I keep on. forgetting to do this. Quick yes. note. Go on. Uh, I want to say hello. <laughs> And before I forget, because I meant to do it bloody weeks ago, okay. but I forgot. Hello to uh, Lee, who works at the Oxford United Club Shop. Okay, so hello to Lee. Hello, Lee. And, and hello to everybody that works down there at the Oxford United Club Shop, um, working really hard and doing a great job. Um, Lee, I was buying, I can't remember what I was buying now. I was buying something. It might even... Your commemorative shirt. It might even have been the 125-year anniversary, which I've had signed, by the way. Oh, I'm about to get framed and everything. Nice. Yeah, um, It might be when I was buying that, and I was chatting to him, and he recognised my voice from this podcast. <laughs> Ace, excellent. And, like, so we are fucking famous, mate, is excellent. what we are. There um, we go. But yeah, so he, yeah, so he was um, yeah, so he was listening, and he, he liked the podcast. So hello to him. I did say I'd say hello ages ago, and I totally <laughs> forgot. Well, so is. apologies for, for, for it taking me about a month to to say that but um but yeah so uh, uh other bit of news uh, there's probably loads more i could have talked about oxford but it's just yeah. me ranting inane bollocks um other bit of news is that we have had it confirmed now that jordan graham yes is going to be signing um for oxford united on loan until the end of the season from so, january 1st. from january the first so cool. basically his he his the first game he will be available for is I I I think I'm right in saying he won't be available for the the New Year's Day game, um, but he will be available for the uh, Brentford away FA Cup third round game, which I've got my tickets for, which I'm looking Very forward nice. to. Um, so he'll be available for that. Now, I was because lots of people are quite excited about this because Jordan Graham played, and I won't recap what I said in the the, the last podcast, but uh, well, not the last one when we first mentioned him. Um, I won't recap them too much, but um, lots of people are very excited. I'm a little bit more circumspect about this. This guy's played 11 games since 2016, yeah. uh, partly because of one massive injury, um, but he's not managed to make his way back into to football. Um, and so I was a little bit dubious about this, and also he's an attacking winger. Um, we've got lots of that kind of player. <laughs> yeah, true. But at the same time, we're potentially losing Ricky Holmes here now. So actually... Well, maybe like, he can play more central anyway and um, fill a bit of a gap. Yeah, but I mean, he's a winger, really. Um, but but anyway, even with 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 Ricky Holmes, if Ricky Holmes does leave, um, or go back to Sheffield United, or I just or just isn't well enough to play yeah. ever again, then then it is at least a decent replacement, a very sure. good yeah, replacement yeah, yeah. for that. But the trouble is, he is he has been out of football for basically two years on and off, basically through through injury. Mm. Um, and at the moment, we've got players with lots of injury problems, so we're just adding another injured yeah, injury. Yeah, somebody that risk. can just play week in, week yeah, out. Yeah, and this, no so with somebody who's an injury risk coming in is is. But you know, but having said that, if he if he comes back in and is as good as he was when he when he was with us in 2016, admittedly that was in League Two. Yeah. Um, but if he's anywhere near as good as that, then it will be then it will be a good signing. Um, but the trouble is, it is a replacement. 
um, for Billy Haircut. So, but it looks like it's going to be a replacement. So that is not our new signing. This is not a strengthening in January. That is us effectively maintaining our current yes. level. So yes. this is where I think, and, and we've had these kind of moments throughout the season, but this is now where we're really going to see what Carl Robinson is actually Made able of. to do. Yeah. Because, because our form in the 14-15 games unbeaten run our league form during that, I think, was five wins, five draws, and a defeat, which is really solid promotion. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, really yeah. solid. Um, I think they said basically eighty points a season kind of form, into which would give us into yeah. the really strong playoff position. Um, our last six games, two, two, and two, okay. which is mid table, Bogo standard, 60, 61 points, mid table standard. So I think we've. We flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, that long run has been has been great, but there's been a lot of cup football in there. Um, we haven't won as game, many games as maybe I'd like us to have done. Um, we've we've got a bit of ground on the people below us. We haven't made any ground on the people above us. And with injuries um, incoming, with in, yeah. So yeah. so so it is it is that it has been a we haven't turned a corner yet. We have we are we've planted a foot in the ground and stuff as I said, but now. January with with sort of this hint and promise of a bit of investment or a bit of backing from the board. Um, January is going to be when we're really, really going to see what Carl Robinson is fully capable of. Um, and, you know, and it might be he turns around, he, he does some really good work. He brings some good players in, some solid foundations and we kick on for the rest of the season. We have a good we have a good run in um, or we're going to we're going to find out. What what many people believe is that that where where Carl Robinson's um, where the the limits of his the limits his, of his, his capabilities, his capabilities yeah. actually lie. Maybe not. Hope not. Um, you well, know, but but we'll see. see. Let's see how it goes. The festive season, uh, festive footballing season continues. Uh, Oxford have got the lunchtime game on Saturday at home against Bristol Rovers. Yes, that's great. I mean, that's a, that's basically a, a lunchtime game for policing reasons because the police continue to believe there's some kind of like major beef between Oxford United and Bristol Rovers um, which there isn't <laughs> it, it's, but there's always a lot of Bristol Rovers fans and that's part okay, of it because they always bring like 12, 1500 which is great it's, it's always good they travel well and it's not very far for them they do tend to do that weird thing where they put all the away fans on the back of the Kassan don't they? yes they squeeze they, them all in that little back section yes they do and they, and they have the little little metal wall that, that right, yeah, okay. which causes people to get crushed and all kinds of things Brilliant. it's great <laughs> <laughs> well Reading have uh, have got probably a tougher fixture away to uh, QPR who are flying at the minute so it's going to be a tough one hopefully we shall reconvene to give you the feedback from those matches uh, on Sunday yep. but until then Ernie thank you very much yep cheerio thank you very much goodbye everybody and we'll see you again uh, we'll see you again next time on Worldy you can catch us Worldy Pod uh, on Instagram and on Twitter you can go to worldypod at gmail.com and send us an email uh, or you can find us on Podbean Stitcher FM Apple podcasts and all oh, there's so many to remember but we'll catch you next time on Worldy forgot how many numbers it was oh well not to worry <laughs>